So, recording now. Welcome back. Thank you, everybody. I hope you're all right. And um, uh, working through the catalyst and the uh, emotional mm, turmoil of watching the rioting in the U.S. and keeping a big picture, like we talked about just now, of uh, seeing the present in the context of the flow of time, past, present, future, where humanity is at a particular level of its, or stage of its evolution, stage of development, which, from my view, like uh, raw material, is the end of third density, the f- end of the first cycle of human 3D life on this planet, and very much like my talk, uh, Apocalypse at Armageddon, the time of Armageddon, the final conflict of the two, po- the two options of human evolution, positive, negative, or love versus control, service to other or service to all versus service to self or the way of love and freedom and honesty versus the way of control and domination and uh, falsity that's the great choice for 3D souls and here we are at the end of the cycle and evil is making its final bids for global power planetary enslavement and uh, goodly people everywhere are uh, strengthening their commitment to uh, peace and justice and the good and the true and the beautiful and uh, freedom and goodness for all. And that's the conflict we got. So today I want to conclude the reading (laughs) of Padana Sutta, uh, Mahavaga Chapter 3, Sutta 2 of the 71 in Sutta Nipata, Tanisaro's read a quick overview. The ten armies of Mara approached the Bodhisattva, meaning Gautama Buddha-to-be, before he he had a breakthrough, in an unsuccessful attempt to lure him from his meditation seat. So there are layers and layers and levels and levels of significance here. Uh, Not only is there the cosmology of Mara, whether it's a 5D negative, 4D negative, or negatively oriented astral entity, or symbolism of psychological conditions or mental states that are uh, of distortion, defilement, harm to self and other, or, or against um, complete and perfect awakening, whether it's spiritual, metaphysical, or psycho, psychological, symbolic, it doesn't matter. Um... I want to get into Mingun Sayadaw's read-through, I'm not going to do the whole thing, long read-through of this sutta, where specifically he explains these ten armies of Mara, or tendencies, or ways. They're particularly traps along the meditation path, but they're also traps um, along the spiritual path. So Gautama was in a phase of austerity, intensive meditation before awakening, and uh, the amount of the, the degree of energy and conviction and austerity and persistence, all these very high qualities needed for complete and perfect awakening in one lifetime or in this lifetime or go out of the octave from third density is major. <laughs> the expenditure of energy uh, is massive. And um, Gautama uh, rightly understands it as war he's at war with Mara, or the armies of Mara, which is really at war with the um, countless attachments and tendencies of mind that keep us from greater freedom. And they're progressive. And you can see 1 through 10 as a sequence of how people get trapped and stuck. And uh, I want to first actually read the sutta again then uh, very briefly <laughs> it's, uh, this is a little bit of a whirlwind today uh, go through in a little bit more depth uh, Mara's Ten Armies from Great Chronicle of Buddhas from Mingun Sayadaw who um, has the encyclopedic memory and understanding of uh, Buddhist commentary and scripture and uh, teaching uh, then I want to reiterate, <laughs> I have to control myself, but go through again the four types of samapadana, meaning right effort. This is one of the Eightfold Path effort. Padana Sutta is exertion sutta or effort sutta. Samapadana 
as I said last time, are uh, of four qualities or four trainings. The training, the four trainings of right effort or right exertion, and how that's a, a sort of Buddhist antidote. Uh, le- one of those leads to a, a Buddhist antidote to bipolarity or the bipolar tendencies, or too much, too little, too high, too low, too much activity of mind, too little. Uh, when one is in a sort of <laughs> overcharged condition called uh, akin to manic or a depressed, discouraged condition akin to depressed, bipolar, manic depressive, uh, the seven particularly seven factors of awakening that are a portion of right effort or right exertion um, are the antidotes to that kind of um, energetic bipolarity of mind. Meanwhile, (laughs) the seven factors of awakening uh, called sata bojanga, uh, sata meaning seven, and bojanga meaning actually bodhianga. Bodhianga became bojanga meaning Bodhi, or awakening or enlightenment, anga, or factors, or uh, tendencies towards. So seven factors of enlightenment. And then that itself is actually part of a larger set of teachings called Bodhipakyadhamma. Bodhipakyadhamma, Bodhi again, enlightenment. Pakya is uh, similar to anga, bojanga, factors. Uh, The write-up at the end, and then I'll swing back to the front, <laughs> um, Wikipedia, Bodhi, from Wikipedia, which is not bad on Buddhism at all, it's a very fine introduction, and we can go deeper and deeper. Um, Wikipedia on politics is probably hopeless, but Wikipedia on Buddhism is not too bad. In Buddhism, it says, Bodhipakya Dhamma um, are qualities conducive or related to awakening. Right? So, awakening body factors or associated dhamma is qualities um, tendencies uh, pakya is related to conducive or related to awakening so the body body pakya dhamma is the dhamma that is of body and leads to awakening and so it's not just seven factors of awakening in fact, there are seven sets of such qualities mentioned in the Pali Canon. Within these seven sets of enlightenment qualities, there's a total of, I'm reading from Wikipedia, a total of 37 individual qualities. And then <laughs> uh, there's in another later text, uh, 41 instead of 37 beneficial dhammas. And uh, it's a linkage between Mahayana, uh, Theravada and Mahayana and uh, this is the this is a great listing of beneficial qualities or factors leading to enlightenment, which can also be said to lead towards um, greater love wisdom, development of green blue indigo, because we're not gunning nobody here. I think is gunning for complete and perfect enlightenment in this one lifetime, and so we're not um, in the uh, on the trajectory or the slope the angle of advance of Gautama or a monk who seeks to uh, basically awaken or die. I will achieve complete perfect awakening in this lifetime or die trying. Like Gautama said, victory or, victory or death, I will defeat you, Mara, or I will die trying. We're not doing that. We're okay with <laughs> a slower progression uh, focused on green, blue, indigo, love and wisdom wisdom and compassion, like a bodhisattva path. So in many ways, we're not in a hurry. (laughs) Um, And you can say he was not in a hurry also. Oh, okay. Meaning, he had no other desires. We have other desires and we're willing, ultimately, to uh, explore them or um, have some relationship with various desires for something less, for experience less than complete and perfect release from the octave. Okay. Okay. Meanwhile, uh, these factors um, that are most applicable to um, the, um, the the highest gradient, <laughs> the the most steep, the steepest ascent, the steepest gradient of ascent from here to complete and perfect freedom, 
complete and perfect awakening, nirvana, satchit ananda, or the logos. Uh, the factors that are critical to the steepest ascent from third density to eight, or from seven chakra uh, distortion and imbalance to full seven chakra perfection and transmutation, those factors are useful to us too. Uh, so they're fact they're useful not only to move from three to eight or to perfect the seven or to be free of reincarnation in the entirety of thirty one planes, but also to continue development of green blue indigo. So then let's read the sutta again. Padana Sutta. This is a high density teaching today because there's a lot to say, and I don't want to do three classes on this because I have another forty suttas to go. So uh, Padana Sutta, uh, early or initial translation from Tanasaro Bhikkhu, 1999. It's called Ageless Wisdom. Date means nothing. Uh, Gautama Sturt first is um, speaking his situation. He was talking to the monks basically about how Mara tempted him when he was um, in the ascetic, ascetic austere phase uh, before awakening. And so he's talking to the monks here and then recounting the experience. So he starts, To me, resolute in exertion, near the river Neranjara, making a great effort, doing jhana to attain rest from the yoke, the yoke of craving and clinging and reincarnation. Namuchi, or Mara, came, speaking words of compassion. Quote, You are ashen, thin, death is in your presence. Death has one thousand parts of you. Only one part is your life. Live, good sir, life is better. Alive, you can do acts of merit. Your living the holy life, performing the fire sacrifice, will heap up much merit. What use is exertion to you? Hard to follow the path of exertion. Hard to do. Hard to sustain. End quote. And he's appealing, you know, this kind of faux compassion. But there's nothing wrong with <laughs> doing merit or doing acts of merit and um, having better karma in the future if you're okay to continue in the 31 planes or the 7 dimensions and therefore keep experiencing suffering. <laughs> if you're okay to continue experiencing dukkha or distress or stress then um, you know we're on this slower path rather than the steep ascent to complete and perfect awakening now or die trying so but this was not where Gautama was coming from and this was um, the deployment of some of the armies of Mara or the uh, tendencies of mind that prevent that the, the successful uh, attainment uh, of uh, complete and perfect awakening at the end of this most steep path of ascent Going on, saying these verses, Mara stood in the awakened one's presence, and to that Mara, and Mara is, originally was actually a term for a class of entity, just like Satan, from what I've read, was a term originally for a class of um, angelic messenger, <laughs> who would basically be associated with karmic, uh, the ripening of bad karma. Mara, the, that Mara, meaning one of the many Maras, or one of many Satans. That actually was a class originally, so then later it became objectified into one of them, only one, the one Satan, the one Mara. To that, and to that Mara, speaking thus, the Blessed One said this, quote, and this is Gautama's long teaching, Kinsmen of the heedless, evil one, come here for whatever purpose, I haven't for merit even the least bit of need. Those who have need of merit, those are the ones Mara's fit to address. In me are conviction, austerity, persistence, discernment. Why, when I'm so resolute, do you petition me to live? The wind could burn up even river currents. Why, when I'm resolute, shouldn't my blood dry away? As my blood dries up, gall and phlegm dry up. As muscles waste away, the mind grows clearer. Mindfulness, discernment, concentration, stand more firm. Staying in this way, attaining the ultimate feeling, which was sort of a, a state from jhana, the mind has no interest in sensual passions, 
see a being's purity. Sensual passions are your first army. Your second is called discontent. Your third is hunger and thirst. Your fourth is called craving. Fifth is sloth, sloth and drowsiness. Sixth is called terror. Seventh is uncertainty. Hypocrisy and stubbornness. Eighth, gains, offerings, fame, status, wrongly gained. And whoever would praise self and disparage others is actually nine and ten. That, Namuchi, is your army. The Dark One's commando force. A coward can't defeat it, but one having defeated it gains bliss. Do I carry Munjagras? I spit on my life. Reminds me just of um, <laughs> the guy from Platoon. says, I spit on you all. <laughs> the one who got killed. A Tom Berenger character. I spit on my life. <clears throat> uh, like that. So if Tom Berenger, a character in Platoon, would would be sitting on a cushion with this at with the same attitude um, that he had it as a misguided warrior or soldier, uh, he too could attain, and that's some part of the value of um, um, developing positive qualities of mind uh, with wrong intention. <laughs> Eventually, in future lifetimes, the confused intentions are wiped away but the positive qualities of mind developed during those previous lives are retained. And so the the truck driver no longer cares about gambling and um, making lots of money, but he um, has developed persistence and trust in self-trust and willpower and perseverance and all sorts of qualities in his lifetime as a truck driver. Yep, that's the way it goes, I think. Death in battle would be better for me than that I, defeated, survive. Sinking here, they don't appear. Some Brahmins and contemplatives, they don't know the path by which those with good practices go. Which is a teaching that, that um, others who are doing uh, hard training, ascetic practice, um, don't have success goes on, seeing the bannered force on all sides, the troops, Mara along with his mount, I go into battle. May they not budge me from my spot, that army of yours, that the world with its devas can't overcome, I will smash with discernment as an unfired pot with a stone. Making my resolve mastered, mindfulness well established, I will go about from kingdom to kingdom, training many disciples. They, heedful, resolute, doing my bidding, despite your wishes, will go where, having gone, there's no grief, no dukkha. And Mara, defeated, makes the final statements. For seven years I've dogged the Blessed One's steps, but haven't gained an opening in the one self-awakened and glorious. A crow circled a stone the color of fat. Maybe I found something tender here. Maybe there's something delicious. But... Not getting anything delicious there, the crow went away. Like the crow attacking the rock, I weary myself with Godama. As he was overcome with sorrow, his loot fell from under his arm. Then he, the despondent spirit, right there disappeared. So, uh, he was no match for Gautama, who um, had the spirit of uh, a warrior and the intent, the highest intention, which came out as the highest gradient of ascent to complete and perfect awakening, enlightenment, which is a realization of the deathless beyond the five skandhas, beyond craving, beyond avidya, beyond dukkha, beyond birth and death. Uh, that which is beyond birth and death leads the one who realizes it to uh, existence or <laughs> to a reality beyond birth and death, which is beyond the octave. So, then, uh, you'll, you saw in the middle there um, the ten armies, ten qualities, ten stages, uh, ten traps along a continuum from worldly uh, sensual pleasures all the way up to the most subtle levels of uh, conceit and um, infatuation, self-infatuation with great success, actually. 
So, uh, from the page wisdomliblib.org, uh, great chronicle of Buddha's Mingan Sayadaw, he titled it Mara's Visit to Deter the Bodhisattva Gautama from fi- by feigning, faking goodwill. Uh, he goes through exhaustively the sutta. I don't want to do that because there are other things I want to do in the hour here. Uh, but, uh, excellently, he goes through the ten armies. And, again, consider them as uh, uh, traps and pitfalls for ten stages of a high gradient, uh, steep gradient ascent to awakening, as well as ten stages of uh, attachment that are inevitable, that we participate in or we uh, resonate with, meaning we have all ten attachments to some degree. Absolutely. Anybody who says they don't, I think, is a fooling themselves, which is very common <laughs> among love or wisdom over love, um, spiritual aspirants. Um, they fall into spiritual inflation commonly. But let's avoid spiritual inflation and be honest that, in fact, most of us <laughs> have some degree of all ten forms of attachment or defeat from Mara's, Mara's armies, which is fine, right? All, it all, you know, the, the, the mill of the gods grinds slow, but it grinds exceedingly fine. And so, I don't know who said that, but um, by and by and by, all beings complete seven chakra transformation, transmutation, and leave the octave. Okay. Well, maybe it's not a problem to have reincarnation and suffering and experience and therefore learning and growing and therefore compassion. Right? One of the logoic purposes of dukkha <laughs> or the very intrinsic, in, dissatisfactory nature of experience itself, right? Of vidya particularly craving, clinging, avidya, ignorance-based, conceit, restlessness, right? Fetters 1098 particularly. Under, under basic avidya, ignorance, meaning uh, I think my mind is real. <laughs> I think my perceptions are real. I think thought is real. I think experience is substantial. I think identity is substantial. I think time and space are substantial. No, they're not. They're mirror flickerings of infinity. Okay. So, from basic, that's my take on basic avidya. From that comes restlessness and the the vibratory nature of light, which is the basis of such basic ignorance, comes conceit, which we'll see as as one of the ten armies, which is really one of the later traps or defilements, uh, distortions, that are of those who are very advanced. Yeah, sixth and seventh density, or in the upper formless planes, or in the upper planes, in the higher Brahma worlds. Uh, yeah, beings have conceit. Because they haven't finished identity and memory. Just like Ra said, when they go to seventh density, they finish identity and memory. No more mentally conceived identity. No more mentally, perceptually based experience of temporality, time, past, present, future, thus memory. Gone. Gone, gone, gone. Okay. Now, <laughs> ten armies or ten stages with corresponding blockage or traps. We're going to have to do a third week here. All right. Okay. The third week, uh, next week, probably get hardcore into seven factors of awakening. Cause, and then uh, Bodhipakya Dhamma. Very, very wonderful listing of uh, Buddhist virtues. Not just Panchashila 5, but the various qualities of mind that are intrinsically virtuous and lead to that seven chakra transformation. But here we are still in the uh, enumeration of Mara's ten armies, or these uh, traps, pitfalls that happen at ten stages of either a steep ascent or a gradual ascent, actually. And ten types of uh, self-bindings, I could say. So, from uh, Mingan Saito's page, the first, he's talking to Mara, he says, You, Mara, (laughs) there are objects of sensuality, I'm not going to read the Pali, there are objects of sensuality 
animate or inanimate, defilements of sensuality, craving for the central objects, these forms of sensuality cause householders to become so deluded that they don't know the truth. And so uh, sensuality, defilements of sensuality, he said there are householders who die still as worldlings amidst their own worldly belongings because they cannot forsake them. Though they know the rarity of the rise of a Buddha, the rarity of the life of recluse. And so this is the attachment to one's physical environment and body and uh, material conditions. Objects of sensuality include mm, relationship, include um, don't you need somebody to love? Oh, don't you want somebody to love? You better find somebody to love, she said. Uh, that's part of objects of sensuality or craving for sensual objects. Um, again, you know, <laughs> the, the traps are, are um, places of learning. And um, crisis and opportunity, right? So today's distortion is tomorrow's place of transformation. Okay, I got it. But um, some beings do stay stuck, or we may well stay stuck in any one of these stages, particularly the first five or six, because the really the later, the 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 latter armies of Mara are traps or pitfalls and defilements associated with higher levels of development. But to some degree, uh, we can experience all of them. Uh, and so, people who die amidst their own worldly belongings because they can't forsake them. People who are too attached. It's like um, um, the person who has, to, has the, the husband who has to make a choice between the company and his family. He chooses his company and his children grow up wounded and his wife is unhappy and the marriage falls apart or they're unhappy and he's unhappy and he ruins his family life because he couldn't put down attachment to material um, gain and social position. Okay. Then also, and that's just one of many, so anytime there's an attachment to body-related pleasures or conditions, including social and relational, um, there is this first army in play or this pitfall at the physical level. Physical, emotional, sensual, uh, social as well. And then <laughs> Gautama added, as for recluses, there are recluses who die still as worldlings amidst the monastic materials of sensuality in terms of uh, dwelling place, clothing, meal, and medicine donated by lay people. They die in that manner because they can't give them up. And so, yeah, people die uh, stuck at the first stage. Uh, basically attached to holding attachment to material conditions, material, emotional, social, interpersonal conditions that hold them back and lead to further suffering. Second is of those who've taken up an ascetic life after resolutely abandoning uh, this type of sensual clinging uh, amidst the, the uh, having renounced worldly belongings having it renounced or given up to some degree uh, material clinging, material, emotional, social clinging, craving, to some degree. Then, <laughs> those people may well tend to be disturbed and corrupted by such factors as aversion and dissatisfaction, not taking delight in being a recluse, not taking delight in learning and practice, not taking delight in seclusion of forest dwellings, not taking delight in shamatha vipassana, Concentration meditation, insight meditation. Bang. Perfect translation from Mingun Sayadaw. Concentration meditation, samatha. Insight meditation, vipassana. One leads to trance, the other one leads to insight. So, yeah, there are cases where we give up the material, just like we've given up a lot of stuff. Uh, as spiritual seekers, we've given up a lot of social interaction because we find it no longer worthy or it's stupid, or we can't, I just can't do it. You know, I can't go for that. Oh, no, I can't, I can't, I can't go for that. So he said. So me too, you too. There's a lot of stuff we can't go for. Uh, that's some degree of breaking the first, uh, defeating the first army. But then <laughs> we end up stuck in anger, stuck in aversion, dissatisfaction, being a bitter spiritual seeker an angry vegetarian 
a um, pissy yoga student <laughs> wearing lycra, lycra sourpuss. It's all over the place. Go to go to uh, uh, Bali. <laughs> go to um, where is that place? God, I forgot the name. Anyway, uh, you can see uh, angry, spiritually minded folks, angry vegans, angry um, e ecological warriors, angry social war justice people have given up some degree of attachment to the common ways of emotional, material, social, interpersonal craving. And then in that rightful renunciation, end up getting stuck in aversion and dissatisfaction and can't, alone, can't enjoy seclusion and being alone. Because that's really what we're talking about. Some people, right, it's very common that we give up some of the worldly and then um, can't give up the anger at those who haven't or the anger at the, uh, the worldly that continues around us. It's very interesting. So, right renunciation may lead to the getting trapped in the second stage of um, not really um, taking delight in learning and practice and seclusion and meditation, meaning learning, study, you know, uh, learning, learning, growing, helping, or the, um, the marginal life, <laughs> being outside the system. Interesting. Third, then, although some recluses, let's say also spiritual seekers or wonders, have overcome the second, meaning they're not angry or walking around pissy, I'm a, I'm a pissy, sourpuss spiritual person. They didn't get stuck there, but, Gautama was talking about, while observing uh, Dutanga practices of austerity, uh, which compel them to eat only what's available, such as all kinds of food, they can't eat to their heart's content, they're not satisfied, become hungry, suffering like a crazy earthworm that writhes at the touch of salt. Writhes at the touch of salt. So don't be a crazy earthworm. This third um, army or trap is thirst and hunger. They lost interest in asceticism, obsessed with burning desire to take food. Now while you can say that's literal for sure, meaning ascetics on a steep gradient to awakening, monk, monks, recluses, yogis, um, may get stuck in uh, hunger and um, the the experience of, of um, austerity. There's also us getting stuck in uh, a sorrow, grief, hunger at the mind, emotional level for what we've renounced. <laughs> oh, if only I could be an ordinary person um, and have some of the pleasures that they have that I no longer really want but I still want. Something like that. That That's a, <laughs> a kind of tweaked understanding of this third army. Tweaked in the sense that uh, we may not, we may have enough physical food, but there's a certain hungering f for what we rightly renounced. We're not angry, but we're hungering. Number four, when they are oppressed by hunger and thirst, some of them become physically and mentally weak, and at their wit's end, they become disheartened, indolent, and unhappy. And this fourth is weariness. As weariness, tandi, sets in, they don't wish to carry on asceticism that they're engaged in. We may not wish to continue learning, growing, helping, because we're weary. Now, that could be spiritual burnout, right? Uh, burnout happens all the time. Or it's common if one is really making great effort to be of service or study or learning. Uh, and one is neither stuck in anger at the worldlings nor stuck in uh, craving for what we rightly re released but um, we're just tired I'm just tired disheartened, I'm discouraged um, I'm not so much angry, I'm not so much thirsting hungry, salivating for what I've given up or what's going on over there but I'm tired I'm unhappy, I'm mentally weak physically weak, I'm at my wits end, I just, just want to leave, I just want to hate, I hate this world, I just want to leave, like that. So that's the wanderer's alienation gone to depression, gone to uh, weariness. That's the fourth army. Then one can go beyond that. Then, <laughs> with that, Gautama number five writes, or it's uh, 
Mingan's write-up translated, with no progress in their spiritual work and becoming lazy and despondent, it means basically burned out and depressed, they begin to get bored and fall into a state of dejection from that day as sloth and torpor sets in. Tina mida. They take to sleeping in their monasteries, rolling from side to side or lying with face downwards. Um, Commonly in movies you see people, I've seen, not always, but commonly people in the bed scene sleep on their belly with their face in the pillow. This is considered pashu or animal and not quite the right posture for sleep from a metaphysical or spiritual practice perspective. But um, one may well um, not be stuck in exhaustion, burnout, but actually um, just go into a kind of apathy, indifference, sloth and torpor. Basically, it's the physical, it's a physical consequence of that kind of mental, spiritual burnout, weariness. Mental, spiritual weariness leading to devitalization of the physical, leading to what's called sloth and torpor and just saying, fuck it, I don't care, like that, and and being weak physically. Then, from that, that person or may go to excessive sleep through laziness, causes stalemate in their meditation and dullness of their mind, meaning people start to get real confused. There's the feedback from the physical um, low-energy state coming from mental, spiritual weariness, exhaustion. Uh, from the physical, then it goes back up to the mental and spiritual, and then they drop practice, or um, the mind just becomes dull somehow. Overwhelmed by craving, they become weak and confused over this and that trifle <laughs> as fear. And this is um, this was translated by Tanasaro as terror. It's not exactly... It's... Um, um, biru in Japan means beer. Uh, fear sets in. Biru so I guess in Japan, if you like Piru, you like fear. Ha ha. As fear sets in, they're shaken with fright, and with trembling hearts, they mistake a tree stump for an elephant, or a tiger for an ogre. Don't mistake a tree stump for an elephant, or a rope for a snake, or a branch for a creature. Uh, <clears throat> this is a deterioration of the mind that comes from extended low energy condition. And some people lose it. Some people really do lose it. And you could call it terror, um, but it's a uh, timidity, fearful-mindedness. And so these are. this is um, the long trail of uh, consequences coming out of uh, wrongly directed renunciation. Rightly renouncing material, sensual, worldly, relational that's unhelpful. I mean, I'm not saying you should be an aesthetic, of course, I'm not, but there's a lot that we ought to give up or give away or let go of and we don't need it. Then one can get into big trouble. (laughs) Rightly renouncing, one wrongly proceeds. Uh, And wrongly proceeding, after rightly renouncing or giving up or letting go, one um, can get into a very vicious cycle that goes from uh, anger to hunger and despondency and weariness and low energy and then fearfulness and timidity and weakness. Then, (laughs) that's about the low end, there is fear. And that's why it could be called terror. uh, The lowest uh, of the lower triad blockages, I think, correlates to fear, terror, annihilatory dread, as I've said. So that's related to that. Seven, then one hit bottom and goes back up. Uh, the, the passage here is, although they pursue meditation after overcoming fear and regaining courage through practice, so after the um, bottom is hit in um, a basic, um, basic contraction of mind, uh, a basic spiritual mental mind-spirit contraction, heavy distortion, body, mind, spirit. One hits bottom and realizes, okay, a little faith, a little light shines through the cloud, and there's a sense of, okay, um, all is not lost. I still is I, and I have hope and promise and potential. Really, yeah, I do, actually. So, then 
uh, I <laughs> goes back to practice. Then, as seven here, although they pursue meditation, so they people get off the bottom and come back up again, but get stuck in some successful levels, some, some defilements associated with success uh, in the rebound. Although they pursue meditation after overcoming fear and regaining courage through practice, the path to Janna and the course of Maga have sunk deep, meaning it sort of falls down. <laughs> Janna trance, Maga is a path toward the four levels of, a, of achievement, starting with Satipana. As doubt, and so the seven is doubt, as doubt, Vichikicha. Vichikicha. Sounds unpleasant. As doubt sets in, they're not certain whether they're positively on the path or not, both in practice and theory. A number of wanderers are this way. Um, doubt about certain teachings, which should be resolved. You know, is the raw material true or false? Is uh, Bashar on par with Ra? Is Ra, uh, is Ra reliable? How about Buddhism? Is it uh, true, false, this, that? Uh, 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 what should we do? Well, find your own answers. What you should do is answer your own questions. What should I do? You should answer your own questions. You should have enough faith in yourself and trust in yourself and awareness of the potential of, uh, of, of, of I, of uh, what I is, of true self, of your true nature. Enough faith and trust in your own true nature to know that you can get some information by asking and answering your own question. By answering, by seeking to know what you don't yet know to realize that you yourself can know it. You yourself can identify where you are, what you need, and what's best for you. And even if that leads to some problem, you yourself um, are capable of getting out of any mistaken consequence or harmful consequence it's from a mistaken decision. And um, continue your own learning and growing. And um, anything's possible, as Nityananda said. And... Um, Self does it can heal self, and mind can be transformed. And um, if you want to, mm, if you want to heal, you want to fix your life, heal your mind, like that. And it can be done. And um, even all sorts of limitations we can accept, and we can um, make peace with, and come back to balance in, and progress and continue. So, but seven here is doubt, and. This um, is also associated with um, not having to go through two through six, but going from renunciation to some more balanced. I mean, some wanderers don't have such a miserable time, and some people come in with... Some wanderers haven't been here very often <laughs> and don't have much 3D human karma uh, and are naive and gullible, but actually... Uh, are not that complicated and tangled mentally, emotionally, as wanderers who've been here for multiple lifetimes commonly are. And then those people don't necessarily go fall down in two through six, but joke from one to seven. But have some doubt. What is my right way? Um, what is healing? Uh, what is the path? Is the path any better than not the path? Hmm. Uh, is there even a path? <laughs> What about, somebody sent me an email, what about Seth and Ra and uh, Buddhism talking about self and identity or karma? Does it fit? Tell me. Tell me about it. Well, tell yourself about it. But uh, one could look at the two truths or relative and absolute. And um, the point is um, what you seek is what you are. And the more you know that, <laughs> the more you will be what you are and be free of doubt. But generally, um, a lot of meditation is needed for that. Then, for those who could get beyond doubt and reaffirm the rightness of their continued practice or study or learning or views, 8 here writes, after getting themselves rid of vichikicha, meaning doubt, this heavy doubt, which is a very big problem, some keep on putting efforts uninterruptedly day and night, or year after year, and unusual as unusual signs for meditation appear to them, akin to paranormal experience, they think highly of themselves. I am an important person. As arrogance and haughtiness sets in, they do not accord others their rightful place. Only me. 
I know the best and one and only way. They destroy their good reputation because they become assholes. They give no respects to their elders. <laughs> they're 25 and 40 or 30 years old and they think they're finished. Uh-huh. They display, display overbearingness to them. Hmm. I could name a few names, but I won't. So this is Makatamba. Makatamba. Arrogance and haughtiness um, of someone who is settled on the path, more or less, is learning, growing, helping, more or less. But they don't accord others the rightful place. They think they're the only one who knows. They think their knowing is completed. They uh, don't respect those that are further along. They don't even know that there are many further along. You think there's no one further along than the, the teacher you love? <laughs> really? You don't know cosmology very well, then. So they display overbearingness. Yeah, that's not nice. <laughs> so this is um, a pitfall. You know, the eighth army of Mara comes to those and defeats those who uh, have some attainment. Paranormal experience, unusual science or meditation. They think highly of themselves. They know some of their past lives. Ooh, they've had out-of-body experience and ET contact. Ooh, they can channel or they've been in touch with um, elders. Mm-hmm. They can write, they've written some books. Mm. They have a lot of money or they have a big following or they have a temple or a church or some group or a gazillion followers on YouTube or something. Oh, wow. Mm. So uh, you destroy your good reputation if you live like that, friend. So not a good idea. But it's common. And it's common. It, it, it's a pitfall, and people will get out of that. All the pitfalls are opportunities for greater transformation, of course. So this is eight. And um, not much different, actually, than the eighth fetter conceit. And it develops. <laughs> it is stuck at the eighth fetter conceit. So number nine of the ninth, the ninth army is written up here as, when they go on meditating, having eradicated Makatamba, meaning they realize that haughtiness and arrogance is just shit, you know? Don't get stuck in it. Be free, man. The, the, the one who's free and easy, leap into the boundless and make it your home, said Zhongzi. Uh, that one is much cooler than the one who makes a big deal out of himself. Definitely much better, much much more well. So then that one is akin to those who then go on meditating, having eradicated Makatamba, they see more unusual signs and become proud of their advancement, even more proud. Various forms of craving and conceit, tanha mana. Mana is the term used for the eighth fetter conceit. Tana's craving. So conceit, craving. Um, this is also called self-cherishing. And it's um, a lot more than just uh, conceit, actually. Various forms of craving conceit are likely to appear as follows. Follows. They're pleased and elated to have an abundance of gifts, right? So this is uh, getting attached to the merit, the rightful merit that comes from great study, practice, and renunciation and development. Renun development, renunciation, study, practice, fifth chakra, fourth chakra, fifth chakra, sixth chakra, activation, green, blue, indigo, pretty well developed. Then one gets stuff, abundance of gifts, pleased and elated to witness the spread of their fame to all four quarters. They're pleased and elated to receive some marvelous gains that nobody else has ever come across. I, only I, can give you this special teaching. And they're pleased and elated with their fame and their followers, wrongly acquired from their teaching, their preaching of false doctrines and unjust boastfulness, shown through evil desire and craving to increase their gains. The aggregates of these factors of Tanamana constitute the Ninth Army. And so... This is actually uh, attached to the consequences of good work, <clears throat> of right renunciation, right effort, right, right uh, meditation, or right concentration, and attainment. Then, yeah, people come, and they think you're great, and then they puff you up. And if you're unwary, unwary you will eat the puffy and get to be Mr. Puffy and um, think you're a big, big shit. <laughs> when you're just um, transparency. <laughs> you're not a big shit. <laughs> you are a transparency of light and a source of light. That's better than being a big, a big, uh, a big man. 
So pleased and elated with fame and fortune, attached to um, the fruits of uh, meditation and virtue, generosity, giving, good work, renunciation, and then stuck there. And that's very much uh, like Eighth Fetter, which is broken only only by the Arahant, only by those who leave Sixth Density. Uh, I would say that breaking the Eighth Fetter is akin to leaving Sixth Density free of memory and identity. Hmm, conceit as the essential uh, subjective identification. Identification, identificative subjectivity. Identificative, I like words like that. Identificative subjectivity. The subject, the sense of being a subject, uh, um, basically by mental identification. I am this or that, not I am that I am. I is that which it is. I is that which I is. Not I am a big shot, or a, or a this or a that. So beyond subjective, um, subjectivist identification, or identificate, identificate, identificatory identifying <laughs> sorry sometimes i can't i stumble too i like talking okay fine i hope you like something too <laughs> it's good to like what you like it's good to like your work anyway the very identification process of mind trying to mentally conceive identity leads to subjectivity is the heart of dualistic consciousness or dual you know dual consciousness as opposed to non-dual awareness right consciousness is basically identifying an atta in the five skandhas. That's the problem. And only when the eighth fetter is broken, um, leaving sixth density, I'd say, does one finish with this, uh, estab- this, this mentally fabricated, samskaric-based um, conception and sense and experience of identity, of differentiated, subject- uh, separative identity. That's finished. Then there's another blockage, uh, probably associated with the ninth and tenth fetters. Beyond that, called number ten, the tenth army. Then he is written: some recluses coming under the above ninth category, ninth army. It's really the ninth category of falling before the end. Practice self praise and honor, which is this uh, Sanskrit term. They indulge in despising and condemning others. <laughs> Sounds like number two. Right. <laughs> so, um, rightful renunciation of physical, material, interpersonal, emotional, 3D space-time attachments um, leads to the second level of stuck-in anger, aversion, and um, kind of bitterness, even, at those uh, that one has left or those that uh, follow what we no longer follow uh, aversion dissatisfaction which leads to um, a certain kind of arrogance actually Uh, likewise (laughs) when one um, has gone beyond uh, craving conceit craving conceit that's what it is tanhamana that's interesting it's the craving for conceit, the craving associated with conceit and an attachment to conceit as a form of craving, craving conceitedness, craving further fuel for my own conceit associated with others. When that's dropped, you don't, there's no longer associated with others, it's just just internal. I don't need the world, I don't need those people, I don't need fame and fortune, but I'm still better than all you fuckers. (laughs) Like that. Something like that. And that's, just, that's sort of like a reprise of, of the Second Army. Some recluses, they've dropped the craving of conceit based on relationship or based on merit, you know, the, the uh, accumulation of merit, based on preaching and interact, based on relationship. They've dropped relationship. This is a little bit like 5D negative, <laughs> the high mind of 5D negative. Ross said, they no longer... Um, they no longer find any virtue in others. This is a technical term, uh, a technical phrasing. Virtue is de in Chinese. De is power, power virtue. The 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 the, the virtue of, of the devil is in his loins. 
said uh, the devil, <laughs> or Satan. You see it in the devil's advocate. Uh, Al Pacino character says something like, The virtue of the devil is in his loins. Virtue there means the, same as power. The Tao Te Ching, the, the way in its power, the way in its virtue, the power virtue, the universal power uh, of true virtue. True virtue is non-dual, actually. Uh, the greatness of rightness, the intrinsic rightness of greatness, the identity of uh, the great which is right, the virtue is right, the great is power. Duh. This is um, um, where um, in the tenth final stage of uh, the Mara's army, or an attachment, uh, one has uh, Ra saying that the negatives no longer find virtue in others. They find no longer any value at 5D negative, upper 5D negative, to be manipulating others. They've broken the dependence on apparent other or relationship or relationality to continue on the negative path. They don't need relationality to continue on the negative path. But then they <laughs> go into six and unity and have to drop the whole thing. Uh, akin to that upper 5D negative. Uh, here, the uh, one who had it all and and was attached to it gave it all up, realized they don't need relationality, praise, honor, fame, followers, gifts, um, all of that stuff of nine. They don't need that form of outer um, buttressing uh, for their <laughs> for their uh, conceit, go to number ten and fall into that same kind of conceit without the outer. Uh, recluse is coming under the above ninth category. Practice self praise and honor. Right? I don't need others, but I I'm so great. I don't even need other people to praise me. I know how great and fantastic I wonderful I am I know I'm the best because <laughs> I don't need you you know fuck you all <laughs> like that I am the best I am the king and I don't need anybody to say it that's really crazy and that really gets stuck <clears throat> that that's like very high level distortion it's the distortion upper upper 5d negative yeah right so it's a very high blockage in the mind spirit complex union integration of mind spirit it's basically Assuming that greatness is a personal possession, when actually greatness is totally transpersonal. Uh, assuming that uh, glory is a personal attribute, when actually glory is the logos in all, that is not a personal matter or subjective or separative or anything associated with me at all. It's just glory and greatness. So the Tenth Army <laughs> is... Um, no longer needing the outer praise, but practicing self-praise, <laughs> indulge in despising and, and con condemning others. I mean, I'm very familiar with number 10 myself, which is like, you know, <laughs> very high-level distortion. Um, I don't need anyone, um, but I don't like you. And I think I'm so great um, because I'm personalizing um, attainment. <laughs> this is very familiar to me. So... Um, meanwhile, I think I'm trying to go beyond self-praise and honor. Um, you know, we're all trying, right? No one's perfect. <clears throat> so those are the ten, and I think it's very interesting. And um, you can see how um, there are pitfalls along uh, all along the way, from 3D space-time till 6.7, from third density, mid-third density, late-third density, third density time-space, all the way through the end of sixth density, there are particular pitfalls for seekers and souls and entities um, progressing. And, okay, fine. Um, I would recommend reading this page more deeply if you want. It's wonderful, wonderful material. Uh, this, whole, this whole discussion is about exertion and effort. The exertion and effort to to resolutely like to soldier on, to soldier on with love wisdom uh, through 
the long phases, the long, the long journey um, into infinity, <laughs> back to infinity, back to home, back to source, um, falling down uh, repeatedly and getting up, like uh, Edo Roshi said, nine times fall down, ten times stand up, and so this is ten times fall down and ten times stand up and um, never, never falling again. If one, when one finishes the path or um, escapes from all of these, defeats all the armies, which is to go beyond the pitfalls of the stages of development. Uh, I think that's probably <laughs> where we'll have to end for today, at about an hour. Um, next time, this will go to three. Oh well. It just shows that that. This, I mean, I never thought that this would go to three classes, but uh, exertion, padana, is everything. <laughs> I mean, it's exertion, the right use of will. It's everything. Um, the difference between stuck and unstuck, or damaged and healed, or confused and clear, or selfish or loving. The, the difference between dark and light the reason that the sun rises in the morning or when morning comes the sun is up is exertion it's all padana god's exertion the exertion of the planetary uh, creation the exertion of mind and faith and trust and we'll get into some of those positive qualities that back up exertion or that are the basis of right exertion right samapadana um, next time <laughs> i will resolutely commit to finishing this sutta next time. Um, I don't want to do it for four weeks, but uh, exertion is critical, and these four, when we do next week, we're going to start with the four right efforts, Sama Padana, the sixth stage of the Eightfold Path, uh, and, and jump to um, the seven factors of awakening, and then the seven sets of multiple factors of awakening. Um, and I'll send a link for that. I'll put that down below in the text. So, um, I hope that was helpful. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night. <laughs>